Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Broncos once again come away with the massive victory and one thing that's consistent is the Broncos just keep finding ways to win in very different ways hottest team in the NFL we're gonna be talking about them the Denver Broncos on the DNVR Broncos podcast I got Henry Chisholm I got Super Bowl 50 champion Todd Davis and yours truly Zach Stevens rolling with you today the weather is yep. trying to put a uh, a damper on today, but that can't happen when the Broncos happen. are the hottest team in the NFL. Yeah, we're hot. Doesn't matter how cold it gets. <laughs> we're piping hot right now, baby. Did you? Was it snowing at all for that game last night? I heard there was rain at the end. Okay. We were inside in the press box. Yeah, so I don't know because like I I was like trying to put a picture on my story after the game, and there were like pictures. It looked like Russell Wilson walking off in the snow, and I was like. Wait, did I miss something? And I walked out, and it was rainy and kind of gross. Mm. I, I was really disappointing for me. Well, Russell Wilson's ice cold, so if there's rain around him, it turns into snow. That's how it works, Henry. I guess so. <laughs> I guess that's how it would add up. I mean, Russell Wilson, this is exactly what the Broncos signed up for when they traded for him. Realistically, the Broncos weren't getting a guy that was going to go out and throw 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards uh, and get MVP votes because he's never been that guy. He's never thrown 50 touchdowns, never thrown for 5,000 yards, never had a single MVP vote. But this is what they signed up for. A guy that is unreal in primetime games. A guy that is unreal in situations when it matters most. He is Mr. Clutch. And that's what he's been on this four-game win streak. Zero interceptions. Yep. Seven touchdowns. Uh, many game-winning drives. And Russell Wilson has the most fourth-quarter comebacks in the NFL. The most game-winning drives. And he did it again. He pulled that magic out of his hat one more time. I don't know how he keeps doing it, man. Um, he's definitely turned a complete 180 from the player he was last year. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with, with, with Sean and this game plan, man. It looks really good for him. What I'm what I'm really seeing is that I'm noticing not a lot of boots. Like, he's not – they're not forcing him out of the pocket. Right. They're allowing him to get out of the pocket once he feels pressure. Um, but they're not creating plays for him to get out of the pocket. And I feel like that's a new adjustment that's really paying dividends for this team. Man, one of the things I was thinking about with Russ is – it's so crazy. Last night, there were, like, no designed runs for him outside uh -huh. of, like, a quarterback sneak. And then uh, next week, I wouldn't be shocked if Russ goes for, like, 60 yards on the ground. It's really crazy how that isn't a component in his game that's there every single week, yet he finds way to win, finds way to win and have good games with it and without it, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, and then the other big thing in these comebacks has been Samaje. Yeah. They just keep checking the ball down, and he goes and gets you like 11, 12 yards. Yep. They do it again and again and again. And I asked him last time, I was like, are you ever surprised that you go do that like back-to-back -back plays, and they still leave you open down there for a third play? I get, what he said was like, no, I'm so tired. I don't really get surprised about things. I was like, that ah, makes sense. <laughs> but still pretty crazy that just over and over and over again, they're finding him. I mean, how many yards? He had probably like 40, 50 yards on that last drive. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was Samaje. And it was Cortland Sutton yes. who was an absolute monster on that final drive. Two Sports Center top ten plays on that final drive. The one-handed catch, which he still made despite just being absolutely mugged mm -hmm. by a defender. PI was called, but didn't need it because Cortland came up with the one-handed catch. And then those 50-50 balls. That's what Russ did at the end of the game. Just yeah. threw it up. 
and court made it look like it wasn't even that tough of a catch yeah. when uh, the more you look at it you're like damn that was really tough but you're just like but yeah i mean there was no doubt that court wasn't going to come down with that ball but russ just threw it up and Cortland sutton continues to just be mr red zone if russ is mr clutch yep. Cortland's mr red zone most red zone touchdowns in the nfl from a receiver this year all eight of his touchdowns have been in the red zone. Yeah, and they all have been on that, like, left corner pocket of the mm -hmm. end zone. Like, that's just his sweet spot. You know, like, Steph finds his sweet spot on mm -hmm. the three-point line, and uh, it's that corner three. You know it's going in no matter when he gets the ball. <laughs> yeah. I think Cortland has just found his sweet spot. It's that corner of the end zone. I think if you're going up against him, you don't really stand a chance when he's on that side. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy that he keeps doing this. Because, I, I mean, how many 50-50 balls has he lost? It's almost none. Uh -huh. It's it's every time they throw it up, he finds a way to bring that ball down. It's it's every single time. It's ridiculous. And I mean, the one in the end zone. First of all, when that ball was in the air, I was like, oh, that's a pick. Yes, yeah, it was like floating for sure. It, yeah, it's just like floating <laughs> straight toward that cornerback, and then just out of nowhere, Cortland Sutton flies in, makes the play. It felt like that play took forever, but there was the somebody took like a video from the field. It does not feel like it was in the air that fat. Like the time from like court making his break to getting his hands on the ball, it is crazy. The speed that that I guess that's just the NFL, but but court in particular is able to go up there and find that ball and grab it and bring it back down. Yeah, but absolutely. Um, one of the things that Sean has really talked about the two times we've talked to him since the game last night and this morning is just how the tape is tough to watch mm -hmm. of this game because the Broncos, according to him, just got outplayed everywhere. Yep. And they still came away with the mm -hmm. win. And I'm just going to keep preaching on this. That's the most encouraging thing from this game is the Broncos aren't playing perfect games. Mm -hmm. In fact, the Vikings beat the Broncos in more categories than not, and the Broncos still come away with wins. So let's just go through this. Guess who had more first downs, the Vikings or the Broncos? Vikings. Yep. The Vikings. Guess who had uh, a better third down efficiency? Vikings. Because at one point, I think the Broncos were like <laughs> 0 for 4. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think exactly. it got to like, was it 0 for 7? It was 7? 0, for, 0 for 7 or 0 for 8. Crazy. The Broncos' first third down conversion was the final play of the third quarter. QB sneak. <laughs> How wild is that? Yeah, a QB uh, sneak. Who had more fourth down conversions? All those. They had like... Four fourth and ones, I feel like yeah. the Vikings yep. did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Vikings were three for four. Broncos one for one, so better efficiency, but Vikings had more success there. Who had more success in the red zone? Oh. Uh, well, but, they had two touchdowns in the red zone. Ah, yeah. So and Broncos started 0 for 4 yep. in the red zone before but that final pass to court. Three every time. Yeah. Um, red zone points, they probably got close. But efficiency. But efficiency, that, That's no. touchdowns. Yeah. How you convert. Broncos one for five. So um, total yards. That'd be Vikings. That'd too. be Vikings. Almost 190 yep. more yards by the Vikings. 385 to 295. More rushing yards. Vikings. Not even close. 176 yep. yards for the Vikings on the ground. Yeah. To 46. And this is the one where it's like, this is the Broncos' formula to win. Yep. Stop the run, force them to pass, and then you run the ball. Broncos lost that not even close. Yep. And they still come with when the Broncos, pretty much the only category the Broncos won. I guess there's two field goals, which yeah. might not be the category that you want to be winning in. <laughs> um, and then passing yards, 249 passing yards to 210 passing yards. But my point is, because it's Sean Payton's point, the Broncos got beat in every single way outside of really one major one, yep. and that's takeaways. Yep. This turnover margin is insane for the Broncos on this four-game win streak. The past three games, 12 takeaways. Yeah. And Todd, mm -hmm. you said it, and I was right there with you after the Chiefs. Five takeaways, mm -hmm. okay, this isn't sustainable. Then they go out and get four takeaways against the Bills. Now, last night, three um, takeaways. Yep. Hopefully, it's not just one going down every time. Um, but, mm -hmm. I mean, three takeaways is incredible, and they didn't turn the ball over at all. Yep. That's how you win games. Yeah, that's absolutely how you win. I think that Russell uh, being cognizant of that and even being uh, slow to you know pull the trigger at times, I'm okay with that because, you know, Winning turnover battle is our number one key to success right now. Um, it's not running the ball. It's not throwing it well. It's just winning the turnover battle. And we continue to do that. I mean, guys are making plays and taking the ball away. Not just turnovers. Like, they're making the plays that need to be made, um, whether it's Josie Jewell, J-Mac. These guys are finding ways to get the ball, and they're preaching it in practice. They're talking about it uh, in preparation for these games, and these guys are going out, and they're executing at a very high level. Yeah, and 
I mean, what I think it's been two years since the last time a team had 12 takeaways in a three-game span. The last time the Broncos did it, 1997, went on to win their first Super Bowl that year. So that's mm, kind of fun. Yes. But I do agree. Like, this whole turnover thing, like, I, I think people say it's not sustainable and look at the defense and say they can't keep forcing this many turnovers. Like, that just seems unlikely. But I think this whole turnover margin is sustainable because of Russell Wilson. Because you're not turning the ball over in the passing game. Like, there'll be a fumble here or there. That's just football. But when you're consistently on offense turning over the ball once, maybe not at all, you're going to win the turnover battle more often than not. Now, you might not win it by five like you did. I guess that was still by four a couple weeks ago. Still, you found your formula. And that formula is don't turn the ball over on offense, even if that makes you a little bit conservative, and let the defense go out there and make plays. Speaking of, you mentioned the 97 Super Bowl team. This defense, at least in this stretch, is giving me Super Super Bowl Fifty defense vibes. I mean, coming up with the turnovers to keep the game, to keep the team in it, to get the field goals <laughs> that the team needs. I mean, the Broncos had a drive after one of their ter- takeaways where they went negative one yard. Yeah. Yet they still got a field goal because the defense put them in that position. And how important was that uh, field goal? Really damn important when you win by Mm -hmm. one point. You need those. Um, And then the defense coming up big when it matters the most at the end of the game coming up with a stop. Um, And this this defense now, it's four-game stretch, Mm -hmm. but we saw Super Bowl 50 defense do Mm -hmm. it for a long stretch. That's that's how the Broncos win. And in in that Mm -hmm. past, I think, four games, the Broncos defense has given up 17 points per game. Yeah. That is elite and it's just wild that this is the team that gave up 70 points. As Sean said after the game, uh, that that 70 point loss or that 70 point game against the Dolphins feels like forever ago. Fortunately, mm-hmm. yep. and so true, it does feel like forever ago because that was a one in five team. Now this is a five and five team, the hottest team mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yeah. There's, there's a there's a lot of room for that defense to improve too. A lot. Like yeah. the turnovers are there, but that's just about it. The coverage is good too. Yeah. But I mean, there's there's no pass rush. No. There is no pass rush happening no. at and all. The run defense is really bad right now. It's really and, bad. And I mean, we're talking about the Vikings who had one of the worst rushing yes. attacks in the NFL. And they <laughs> yes. were having like success all over the ground. If they don't have those two fumbles, man, I think this is a very different game. But you know, yeah. they find a way to get turnovers. The only reason I can't compare them to Super Bowl fifty teams is because there's glaring holes I see yeah. all over the Definitely. defense exactly. that need to be fixed, but they're being kind of covered up right now with the turnovers, which ultimately we win those games, so that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are really bad at running the ball, mm-hmm. and so they just don't like to run the ball coming yeah. into the game. Well, that was a different story when they played the Broncos. They realized what the Broncos were bad at, 36 rushing attempts, which is a lot for any team. Yep. That's a ton for a team that hates running the ball. 175 rushing yards, 4.9 yards per carry. The Broncos lose this game if they don't get three takeaways. Even if it's only two takeaways, they still lose this game. Um, And it's just being able to come out with wins when you really shouldn't have one. And speaking of losing things, the Broncos might be without Kareem Jackson. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that because that is something that the NFL is looking into. And let's get into that after I tell you about our friends over at Bet365. Use the code DNVR365 over at signup, and they're going to give you a first bet safety net of $1,000 or bet $5, get $150 when you sign up with that code. Bet DNVR365. Man, they have so many fun bets over at Bet365, and you can bet on the Chiefs to lose tonight over at Bet365. In fact, you're going to get plus money by betting on the Eagles, the only one-loss team in the NFL to go into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs. And this is a low-key big game Mm -hmm. for the Broncos. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But go over to Bet365, get on on the action over at Bet365.com or download the app. You must be 21 and older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And shout out to our friends over at Breckenridge Distillery. You know, Breckenridge Bourbon is the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos contest. And the contest is between two... Very good blends. They have the Ed McAfee blend and the Alfred Williams blend where you can vote for your favorites and win Broncos Distillery and Broncos swag. Uh, you enter at Bronco, BreckenridgeDistillery.com and you can win two tickets to the Breckenridge Bourbon Suite for the Broncos versus Chargers game on December 31st, 2023. And I think it's going to be a great game. You know, it might have even more playoff implications. It's going to be an AFC West matchup, so you don't want to miss that game. Head to BreckenridgeDistillery.com for your chance to enter to win.
So the NFL this morning, according to Tom Pelissero, is officially looking into Kareem Jackson's hit, um, potentially looking into disciplinary action. And we're talking about just the third play of the game when uh, the Broncos actually got their first takeaway. Yeah. Um, I think it was Barron that actually stripped the ball. And nearly simultaneously, it's when the Vikings ran that really awful play. Yeah. I mean, it, they have put their tight end under center. Pitched it to their quarterback, mm -hmm. who tried to pick up a first down on third and one with a toss. And then Kareem Jackson um, comes in and hits uh, Josh Dobbs. No flag thrown on the play. Um, but, guys, to me, I'm bracing myself for a pretty significant suspension for Kareem potentially the rest of the year. Yeah, this is a tough one um, because watching the game, I just thought that it was going to be a flag immediately. Uh, KJX is my guy, but based on the replay, I felt like that was the – this is probably the only hit I felt like throughout the season that he kind of did lower his head just mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, you know, he's a hard-hitting player. He plays with instinct. But I think that the league may come down on him hard for this one. Just, you know, he's just coming back off a two-game suspension. Yeah. I feel like they're just always watching and looking out for that, and especially with him and his history. I think they have, like, very little room for error, you know what I'm saying, when you're in a position mm -hmm. like this. So it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Well, and he wound up with – two games for that last hit which which i didn't think was i know yeah. i know like that was not a hit that was deserving of two games and i factor in whatever from this past if they want to do that they can do that but if that if that hit is getting two games this hit should absolutely be getting at least two and then you factor in you know the repeat offender thing and at that point you probably double it i don't well, like we can't say repeat offender that's that's hard <laughs> that, that's fair enough well, <laughs> and it was a two-game suspension at the end but at the beginning remember it was a four-game yeah. suspension mm -hmm. yeah. that they reduced to two games that's why i wouldn't mm. be surprised if it's just double yeah if they hit him with an eight-game suspension there's seven games left of the broncos season and then maybe they do reduce it to four games or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, but I think the Broncos kind of need to plan on not having him for a significant amount of time because Kareem Jackson has already been fined four times. Mm -hmm. He's been ejected twice. He's been suspended for two games. And whether or not you want to go back through those uh, other hits and say that one was, was uh, legitimate, that one wasn't, that one was too ticky-tack, the NFL doesn't care what you think about those. Yeah. They've already deemed those as bad mm -hmm. hits, and they've already proved it by giving these suspensions, by giving the ejections, by giving the fines. Um, so I, they're going to look at it and say, not a repeat offender, but they're, they're, they're going to say... You, <laughs> there's a pattern here. Yeah, yeah. There there's a, exactly. There's a pattern here. This was your third play back. Yeah. And, Todd, I do agree with you that this one is one that the NFL is going to say this is unacceptable. He led with his head. Uh, his head was down. He did hit uh, Josh Dobbs in the shoulder pads, but also in the face mask, um, and he left his feet. Those mm -hmm. are just three things you absolutely cannot do. Yeah, this yeah. is tough because the way the league works in the finding system is they usually, like, put higher fines on you knowing that you're going to appeal it. So let's say they right. find mm -hmm. you for 30000 They know they're going to drop that down to fifteen to ten. Mm -hmm. So that's why they put the big number on it with the appeal. But after a certain amount of time, they no longer chop it down when you appeal it. Yes. So like after That's your second thing. or third infraction in this one area, like that thirty thousand is staying thirty thousand. You can appeal mm. it all you want. Like they're not chopping it in half anymore. So I'll be interested to see how like they handle this situation because they may come out with a big number and they mm. may just stick with that number. That doesn't. Mm. I don't think that they. <laughs> are automatically going to, you know, chop it in half once he appeals. And that's what I was going to say, too. Like, I totally agree. I mean, you go in there the first time and say, no, it was an accident. Like, I didn't mean to do it. It was just, like, wrong place, wrong time. They go in there and say that again. It's like, I don't know. This time, you go in there and say, no, it's an accident. It's like, dude, you you do this over and over and over again. It's not an accident anymore. We're not going to give you the benefit of the doubt here and cut that fine down, cut the, cut the suspension down. And I know with Broncos country, this is a, a very polarizing topic uh -huh. um, because there there have been hits that maybe didn't deserve a fine that K, that mm -hmm. K-Jax got. Um, and uh, just from response I've seen on Twitter and social media over the past 12, uh, 12 hours, some of Broncos country mm -hmm. thinks like, man, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. you, you can't be doing this and think he's going to be suspended. Some thinks um, that it's not deserving. What I'll say, and I thought was very telling, we talked to Sean Payton this morning, and he was asked about mm -hmm. uh, potential discipline for Kareem Jackson. And Sean had an opportunity to say, uh, 
I didn't think it was, uh, I, I don't think it's deserving. Look, mm -hmm. there was no flag. He doesn't deserve a suspension. He did not go that route. He said, I know the NFL is looking into it. I've seen the reports that you guys have seen. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked with Kareem, and now all we can do is wait. Yeah. So he had an opportunity to publicly mm -hmm. defend and try to put one more statement out there to help Kareem, and he chose not to. Maybe I'm reading into it too much, but... That's what I saw there. So mm -hmm. we'll we'll wait. I believe when he was suspended last time, it came on Monday. Um, mm -hmm. So in the next couple of hours, we might be talking uh, and reacting to another suspension. Hopeful good news with all of it. Not with this, but in, in this light, PJ Locke might be back mm -hmm. next week, and they really need him. Sean yeah, Payton said, do. we'll see if he's going to be back, so there's a chance. But if you don't have Kareem... You don't have PJ. Caden Stearns is out. Yeah. Um, it's going to be tough because you got DTY and JL Skinner, who just yep. made his NFL debut yesterday. Did I don't think he played a snap on defense. No. Um, you really, really need PJ back next week. Yeah. yeah. I, I also think that if Justin Simmons had made that hit, there would be no suspension. Like that, he would, he would get fined, fine. but he yeah. would not be suspended for that. Like if it's anybody but Kareem, I don't think it's a, it's a suspension. The fact yes, that it was no. Kareem, though, means that it will be. Yeah. It's funny how the tables have turned because just a couple of years ago, that probably would have been like a nice little envelope of cash in his locker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. As opposed to a suspension from the NFL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he was on yeah. the right team. Yeah, yeah. If he was on the right team at the right time. So how about oh timing? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> just a decade before. Man. Wow. Um, okay, so let's talk about this four-game win streak. And who deserves the most credit? And let's do this by giving out our Bet365 top five players that deserve the most credit for not just yesterday, but for the streak that the Broncos are on here. And we're going to agree on this list, but let's just start by each making a case for who you would put as the number one player that deserves this. Number one? Yep. I mean, I have to give it to Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. I think he's been playing really good football. Yeah. Um, he's throwing a lot of touchdowns, no interceptions. He's put the team in the best position to win. Um, you know, he's not getting everything out of every turnover that the defense gets, but he is not turning the ball over. And I feel like that is key for this team's success. So I say Russell Wilson is probably the number one. Yeah. In fact, yeah. the last mm -hmm. turnover, the last interception Russell Wilson had was the Broncos' last loss yep. in Kansas City when it was an awful game. 95 yep. passing yards, two interceptions. Since then, he's been lights out. I mean, he's been exactly what you want yep. in a quarterback. And credit to Sean Payton, because it's not like he's letting him go out and try to throw for 300 yards every game. No, he's doing the Pete Carroll exactly. and saying, I'm going to hold you back, hold you back, hold you back, and then unleash you. And credit to Russ, he's playing right into that. He's not mm -hmm. trying to do too much and then turning the ball over. Yep. yep. Uh, Henry, would you agree with Russ being number one? I go Jaquan. You don't, I mean. Damn it, Henry. Yeah, was that yours? Yeah, it's yeah. mine. <laughs> I mean, what last night he recovers the fumble. Mm -hmm. He picks off the pass. And both of those, like, he didn't force the fumble. Like, it was more like a great play from Bear Browning that set that up. But he's always in the right place, right time. Got to give him credit. Josie Jewell gets the hit on the interception to mm -hmm. Jaquan. So he kind of gets a little help there, but it's been so sustained. Like they don't beat the bills. If he doesn't go out there and give play. them the extra possession right away. You know, he had the big pick against the chiefs before that also had two tackles for loss in that game. Like I, I think Jaquan again, maybe some of it's a little bit luck, but that's just kind of how turnovers work in the NFL. Jaquan's number one to me. When I look at this winning streak, um, I, the number one thing I point to is those takeaways. Yep. 13 takeaways is True. insane is. over a four-game stretch. 12 over three games is wild. So then I look at, okay, who's most responsible for this? And I can't just go with Vance Joseph yep. because, because we got to go with the player here. Um, and uh, I just look and I see a guy that's been responsible for four of the 12 takeaways yep. in the past three games. Monster pick off Patrick Mahomes diving. And that kind of really... Got the Broncos, I think, like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Wait, wait. Well, now we're in field goal range already. Mm -hmm. We're in scoring position. And the Broncos capitalized off that. Then, like you said, starting the game with that uh, forced fumble, which then also was a fumble recovery. Yeah. Then last night, a tackle for a loss, a pick, uh, and a fumble recovery. He's been... He's probably been the number one reason for all of these takeaways, which is insane. And I mentioned it when I joined you guys on the postgame show last night. In order to have a dominant unit or a unit that's forcing 12 takeaways, uh, you have to have your stars yep. step up, which the Broncos have. And then you also have to get 
guys that uh, were undrafted or seventh round picks to step up. And that certainly, you look at the Broncos Super Bowl 50 defense. Yep. You had you, you had Chris Harris as undrafted guy, and then you have Demarcus Ware, yep. first round pick. Von Miller, the number two overall pick in the draft. Akeem Tlaib, a first round pick. You have guys from all over that step up. And the Broncos are getting that just everywhere on their defense. So I would actually make the case that it's mm -hmm. Jaquan too, which is wild. Because we're talking about a $50 million quarterback who yeah. absolutely should be right there in the conversation. And an undrafted <laughs> slot cornerback. Broncos are getting it from everywhere, which is great. That is great. and I, So I'm cool putting J-Mac at one. Okay. I think Let's that he go. did. Has had a huge role in the team's success these last four games. Okay, let's do it. Wild. Um, and actually, Henry and I, funny enough, have done some each independent investigative oh, journalism wow. work to find out that I don't think one person has pronounced his name properly. Was it Henry found out his first name? Yeah, like a month ago, I was like, or no, that would have been more. Jaquan. We're so deep in the season. Yeah, it was like two months ago. I was like, how do you say your name? He's like Jaquan, but then I assumed it was McMillan. Yeah, and then I asked him this past week, how do you say your last name? Macmillan. Even though it's just spelled MC. So Jaquan Macmillan, mm. number one. Yes. Show some respect. Macmillan. Macmillan, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we know. Um, but then the Broncos, the Broncos media guy just says Jaquan Mc McMillan. So, <laughs> so it, it's, we're not wrong for starting at that point. Mm -hmm. So we went to the source himself. Okay, number two. I mean, I, Todd, I'm not going to disagree with you with, with Russ here. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's the quarterback. The quarterback. Um, in this case, typically a quarterback gets too much, uh, say, or too much credit yep. when things go right, and too much blame when things go wrong. I don't think Russ is getting enough credit because Ooh. the stats have been a little subdued in terms of like the yards. I mean, we mm -hmm. talked about it last week, um, but the touchdown to interception ratio, seven to zero, in this streak is incredible. Russ has been exactly what the Broncos traded for, and he has been that fifty million dollar quarterback these past four games. Uh, I don't know about 50 million. The seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. You were the one last week saying he was worth 50 million. Was I don't think I said he was worth 50 million last week. He said he was week. playing right up to his contract. Yep. Did I say that? Yeah. yeah did. Like, I think maybe months ago I did. No, recently. Months ago? Really? It certainly would have been months ago when they were <laughs> yeah. five. Well, he started with 300 yards the first week, 300 the week after. And In many a, turnovers. Last week I said that? I thought so. Top? Maybe. I think you're right. Yeah, I trust okay. you guys. But still, I mean, 194 yards, 114, mm -hmm. 193, 259. Yeah. Uh, for 50 million, of, let's get to 200 a game. Game-winning drives, man. Yeah. The most yeah. in the NFL, the fourth quarter comebacks. He's Definitely. been nails when you Oh, yeah. If you only too. look at the fourth quarters, then sure, he's been great. It's three other quarters, though. He's been, but he's kept the team. And, and I also think that Sean hasn't given him the reins to mm -hmm. do that for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to go Russ number two here? No, I'm down for number two. Okay, okay, yeah. Russ number two here. Number three is a number fourteen. Is a Cortland Sutton? I actually would go a different route. Oh, oh where, where would you go? Well, maybe Cortland because he does make he has made spectacular catches. Uh -huh. So I'll say my number three for number four. So okay, we can go with Cortland Sutton. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and, sure. and the reason for Cortland Sutton, you wouldn't have been crazy making it a, a case for him at number one. Uh -huh. I just thought those other two guys probably deserve to be there, but Cortland Sutton, um, we mentioned it, yeah. eight touchdowns, all eight coming in the red zone. He has five straight games with a touchdown. From a non-quarterback, I don't know the last time we could say that about someone, especially a receiver. Yep. He's been yeah. special. He's been making the special plays. He's been making the clutch plays. Cortland deserves this. And holy cow, this is exactly why they paid him the money, to come up with these big catches yep. and to be a 90-10 guy, really? honestly, with 50-50 balls. Yeah. He's only had two games this season without a touchdown. How about that? That's pretty crazy. Wow. Especially for a Broncos receiver. Like, when's the last time that's happened? Yeah. Never. It's been a minute. Like Demarius, probably. Maybe Emmanuel after, but I think Demarius. For only for two games without? I mean, at this point in the season, they'll have two games without a touchdown. Yeah. Eight for ten. And you're probably going back to Peyton with DT. Yeah. Maybe even like Julius Thomas or something weird like that because... When he had like 12 touchdowns in a 10-game yeah. stretch or something crazy well, like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. That was I'm, fun. I'm so curious who's going number four here, Todd. Uh, it's the person with the most points. The oh. the most points oh, on these games. That's a good one. We got to give it to Ooh. Will Lutz. Oh. Now, we're not in these games if he's not making these field goals. Wow. I think he went 
14 of 15 in the last four games. Yep. So he's leading the team in scoring, and he's making it count. When our offense kind of sputters out at the 40-yard line or 35-yard line, he's finding a way to get the ball through the upright. So we need him, man, and he's definitely coming to play for us. We're mm -hmm. nuts for Lutz, or are we getting a little too crazy because just one week ago, he missed. He on missed one. It's extra not point. on the stat sheet though. The he missed point, one extra yeah. point. Uh huh. And then you're right. I mean, he didn't miss the other extra point. He didn't even get an opportunity to kick it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the game-winning field goal that was missed that was wiped up. He yeah. hit the we, game we, winner. We, yeah. We forgot about it. Um, I, I I like that. Yeah. I, I, I like going that way. Mm -hmm. He's probably going to be the AFC special teams player of the week this five week, five, and yeah. he absolutely deserves it. Five for five. Broncos don't win that game without him. Yeah. He has to be perfect yep. for the Broncos to win that game. And I believe Andrew Mason mentioned this stat last night mm -hmm. that Lutz has the most field goals in a three-game stretch by any kicker since, like, at least 1970. It's crazy. So, Todd, that just backs up your point yeah. more than anything. I mean, so, yeah, Will Lutz. He's he should be special teams player of the week this week, you would think. Yeah. Five for five. Back-to-back -back weeks. Well, he was also four. Was he not? Did he not listen to me? No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was also four for four. He didn't even get it. <laughs> he was also four for four against Green Bay when they won 19-17. Yep. That's a great That's point. That's 12 of their 19 points. Really good point. Your math is mathing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm on. I'm ready today. The last one, oh, number wow. five, man, the one that just pops to my head, but I, I'm not set on, is Javante Williams. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about how Russ hasn't had to do it all because the running game's been doing it all. And, yep. I mean, this past game, the Broncos got away from the run. And why Sean Payton said they got away from the run was because of their inefficiency on third down, that they, they were set in too many third and longs, and they just that forced mm -hmm. them away from the running game. But don't forget last week. 21, 23 carries for Javante. The game before, 27 mm -hmm. carries with 30 touches yep. for Javante. He's been a guy that they have just relied on so much. So he definitely deserves at least a case being made for number five. But I, we got to look at other guys because yeah. for the defense to not have two guys on here might be criminal. Yeah. And for Javante, like, there's been more out there. He's His vision's usually so good. But these past couple weeks, there have been at least like a couple runs a game where you're like, just go left. And if he does that, one of these games, he probably hits four yards per carry. So it's been nice to have him as like a workhorse and he fights for every yard and that's worth something. But there's just one more notch. And if he gets back to that, then he's going to be, the Broncos are going to be in great shape. But yeah, I, I defensively, I mean, Justin's a good option. You can never go wrong with Pat. I mean, it's, it's every game. Like he gives up like, he has, like, the one-third down he gave up last night, and you're like, oh, no, not a great game. But, like, he was perfect the entire rest of the game. So I think Pat, Justin, um, and Josie. Josie. Yeah, I think that Josie's. Was, that's, that was who I was going to put on this. Mm, I think he's I, just an unsung hero. He started off the streak with ten tackles. The next game he had five tackles, a forced fumble, and a plast deflection. The next game he had six tackles. Last night he had a fumble recovery, mm -hmm. six tackles, and he also is the one that calls the pick. Yep. For Jaquan. Yep. He's an unsung hero, but he's continuing to make plays. And Josie has been lights out like all season, too. Yep. Even during the, the Broncos' struggles, he was really the one of the few guys on defense that was actually playing really well even during that. So if you guys both want to go Josie, there we go. We I've got our... one question, though. Go ahead. Do How do we compensate for the run defense not performing That's very true. well recently? And there's a lot of guys out there. That is true. Not just one guy. That is true. And this isn't against Josie. I could not believe how bad the tackling was. It was bad. Yesterday. Yeah. Like, bad. holy cow. <laughs> Do you buy this? Sean was asked today if the run defense issues are the same over these past two games that they were at the beginning of the season. And Sean said, no, that pandemic has ended. Mm -hmm. He said, it's new reasons. When you watch it, is it different reasons? No, same, it's, they're, they're running the same plays. Huh. There's a lot of powers and counters, and they're missing tackles. That's exactly what was happening yeah. in the weeks prior. Yeah. The old regime, we won't talk about it too much, but it's the same. I feel like it's the same recipe for disaster. It is just the powers and counters every single time, though. Yep. It, like, every time they pull somebody. And, and it's weird to go back and watch because you look at it, and you're like, well, the defensive linemen aren't being, like, pushed around, but they're just not getting off blocks. Like, the linebackers, for the most part, are like, 
getting to the spots, but like then you just have the pullers over and they take him out. And so you just look at it and say, like, there's it's almost just like a numbers advantage here. And somebody needs to get off a block and make a play or at least like collapse in a little bit yeah. so that the running back's trapped, right? I think it's really the outside linebackers. Uh, they're not really setting a yeah. firm edge. Okay. There was a couple of times, really one in particular, I saw Jonathan Cooper, who's a really good athlete, mm -hmm. like got thrown out of the club. He ends up making a tackle, but <laughs> it's like nine yards downfield. Like you're not supposed to be nine yards downfield, right. my yeah. man. Like <laughs> I think that we just need a firmer edge to kind of shore up. Um, you know that, those counters and those those pullers. That makes sense. All right, Henry, you near uh, you here needs help here. He can't decide who's fifth. I'm gonna say Javante. Todd saying Josie. I'd take Josie over Javante. Boom! There we go. Josie Jewel rounds out our list. That's a wild list. Yeah. Got a kicker, two defense, two wow. offense. An undrafted guy leading the, the way at number one, and then a $50 million And we didn't even talk two. about Justin Simmons' turnover machine. Yeah, Justin, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you could put him in honorable there as mention. well. Um, yeah. Honorable mention. A lot of guys in the honorable mention category as well. We're going to get to our fav my favorite segment of the week after I tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. We've got that Broncos country pale ale. You probably bought some at the beginning of the season, mm -hmm. and then once a one and five streak started, you hit them in like the back of the fridge. You're bringing those out now. You are pumped mm -hmm. to rock the orange and blue cans of Broncos Country Pale Ale, represented by Breckenridge Brewery. And if you want to get your hands on some Broncos Country Pale Ale for this Sunday's Broncos Browns game, it's gonna be an awesome one. The Browns are seven and three, which is wild. They won with a third string quarterback yesterday. This is going to be a hell of a game. You're going to want some Breckenridge beer. For Thanksgiving as well, you want to bring some over uh, to whatever party you're going to, check out breckbrew.com where you can get their beer all over the country. And the beer locator on breckbrew.com is going to show you where you can find it. It's the official beer of DNVR. And also go over and buy some Hero Bread. Mm -hmm. um, Hero, Hero Bread is great bread. It's like uh, it's bread that's good for you. That's like a thing. I'm not sure when that started. I feel like it was like five years ago. Everybody's like, no, bread's actually horrible for you. So like you go to L.A. or whatever, and nobody eats bread out there, and it's crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's what they do. That's what they do. I saw like a, a video on Twitter of like this guy who's upset in New York that he couldn't get like his bagel a special way. His what? With, his bagel. Did I say it right? <laughs> I, 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 it's just tough for me to commit on that one. But yeah, he wanted like everything torn out of the middle because it's like that's but in LA everybody would do that, but they got like laughed at there. Um Hero Bread though, you don't have to worry about that stuff because it's bread that's good for you. Um they've got all the different kinds like the the buns, the actual just sliced bread, all of that. Um and there's like zero carbs, zero sugar. There's protein in it. It's just really good stuff. So if you want to go check that out, um, you can use our code. That's DMVR for 10% off um, over at herobread.com. We've got our... Oh, no, it's just hero.com. H-E-R-O dot... Oh, dot C-O, not even dot com. Nope. So, sorry, there's all these like dashes in wow. here, and I'm trying to read it. Wow. <laughs> it's tough to read. This just is tough for you, Henry. And speaking of tough for Henry... I'm fourth in Splash Sports competition right now, guys. I don't know where you guys are, um, but I am fourth Ooh. in our group. Oh, and I believe I am above all of you. That's no, true. No. I think. I think. Where are you, Henry? Do you know? Uh, I'm way at the bottom. Oh, good. That's what I like to hear. Um, and if you want to join us, go to SplashSports.com slash DNVR. Get in on our Pick'em League. We got one final game tonight to decide who the winner of this week is going to be. And even though we're just starting this contest, I mean, first place for this week gets over $250. Let's continue to grow this, and the prizes just get even bigger. And we're giving out prizes for first, second, third place, and then, of course, DNBR merch what place for you fourth in? and fifth. I'm in fourth. Ha! Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, sucker. <laughs> I am currently tied for second. Oh, wow. no. What a big payout coming. So Who do you have I tonight? I went 10 and 3. Oh, man. And I got the Eagles tonight. You got the Eagles tonight. <sighs> I have the Eagles got? tonight. I might have to switch it no. in order to, to get a late. game on you. Wow. Um, I don't know if you can you switch it this late. Dang, I'm getting paid, baby. I don't know. Can you? <laughs> yeah, I was 9 of 13. And we actually, we already got a first place winner. No, we just have someone that's in first place right He's now. He's 11 and 2. Yep, yeah. 11 and 2. Damn, shout out uh, to SC Bing there. I love it. Henry, you hear it once you? 
Uh, he's waving. Tell, uh, Zen Broncos tell me to kick Henry off the pod if he has a negative record. Dang. Why does that even make sense? <laughs> well, I'm not a fortune teller. Todd, do you, do you I'm remember, a reporter. Do you remember what happened uh, last week in our Broncos pick picks? You were the only one to pick against the Broncos. Yep. And Henry gave you hell for it, and right? He did. What and happened this week? He was the only one that picked the Vikings. Mm. So, but that After was you've that. been too nice to him so far. I know. I'm trying to let him live, but you know, I might have to. That tell was us, tell us your reasoning. We that was reasoning. back when I thought Justin Jefferson was going to play. And if you look uh, at the game last night, one point game, very close. Would the best receiver in football make a difference? I'm going to say no because I can't afford to take we, any more of a hit than I have. We made our picks on Thursday. Yeah. Justin, Justin Jefferson had already been ruled out of the game. So I'm calling BS wow. on that scenario. Wow. He was just going against the Broncos. Wow. Guys. I love it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So go to splashsports.com slash DNVR. Also want to give a shout out. The tailgate was popping last night. It was popping, packed, lit. We met so many cool people. Want to give a shout yes. out to Chuck. Uh, flew him from Florida for the game. It was awesome to meet you, Chuck, and awesome to meet everyone there. Plus, so many people won tickets to Vegas yep. circa. Todd, they're trying to be like you. They're doing it all. Got to do it uh, all, baby. Man, that Week 18 game, Broncos, Raiders, it's going to mean something, and yep. it's going to be a blast. And speaking so. of a blast, let's hop in to my favorite segment of the week. Let's get the inside scoop, scoop it up. with Todd Davis to break down just how exactly the Broncos won this game in the key moments of the game because, as everyone says, Every game boils down to four or five plays, which make a difference. And Todd's going to show us those four or five plays and how the Broncos pulled it off. All right, so this is a big one. This is a second quarter, 8.54 on the clock, and the Vikings have marched down into the red zone again. And um, they go and score this, score this uh, touchdown. I feel like the game is kind of getting out of reach for the Broncos, but the Broncos come with a huge stand um, and are able to get the, get the sack on Josh Dobbs. So... They're in <clears throat> trips right, and they're in a bunch. So in a bunch, you always say somebody's going up, somebody's going in, usually by somebody's going out. But in this case, they're running a mesh concept, which they're going to have all these crossers. I think they believe that the, the Broncos are in man coverage mm. right here. Um, and this is definitely a man beater because you have so many guys going across the field. Everybody's crossing with each other. Like somebody gets lost in the shuffle once you're in man. So this is a huge... Uh, great call by Vance Joseph to put them in the cover three zone where you have a curl flat player here, a curl flat player here, and two hook players. So everything, they can just pass off everything and just attach to it when it comes to your zone. They don't have to feel like they have to run with their men all the way across the field. So great call by Vance Joseph, great execution by the guys. And then Jonathan Cooper, um, he decided to make his name known on this play, and he just beats his guy one-on-one -on -one and really gets after him. This is a great play by him. Uh, winning one-on-one, -on -one, I think as a as an edge rusher, this is key for your success. You want to have longevity in the NFL. You can't always win off of stunts. You can't always win off of blitz uh, pressures. You got to be able to win one-on-one, -on -one, and this is what Jonathan Cooper does right here, and is able to get to Josh Dobbs. And this sack is one that we really needed. Um, the Vikings offense have been moving the ball all night to start the game, and we needed this one. They go up 10-3, but it wasn't too much. We ended up recovering later in the game. Yeah, and uh, I love that you highlighted that because that's kind of mm -hmm. been the key for the Broncos in this run, <coughs> excuse me, on the defensive side of the ball, along with the takeaways. It's, it's not like the Broncos' defense um, it, it has been, just been so good where teams haven't been able to move the ball. But yep. in the red zone, they've really shut teams down. Mm -hmm. um, and Jonathan Cooper twice made a really good play in the red zone. One yep. of them he just wasn't able to finish on. And somehow Josh Dobbs gets away and throws that touchdown which was brutal, but if the Broncos go down 14-3, it really felt like in that moment, man, this is going to be way too tough to come back from. Yeah, so that, uh, that field goal was huge. All right, this is the second one. This is the second quarter again, I think 6 6.54 on the clock. Uh, this is the long pass to Cortland. You're going to see that they're in the cover four, so you have the safety is going to be sitting in this quarter of the field, and then you have the corner that's going to be, uh, you know, having one all the way up. Good thing about this is the the – the safety is reading number two. So if number two settles down, which Jerry does, he's going to lean to number one. So this is a great throw by Russell Wilson to be able to, you know, leave it where only Cortland can get it, and he doesn't allow the safety to be able to make a play. 
and he throws like a low, a lower. You see the safety coming over. He's supposed to occupy this area. The thing about it is Cortland and Russell are starting to gain this good communication, and Russ throws a ball that's like low and right in this hole. And people are like, why didn't he throw it higher? Give Cortland a chance <laughs> to run. You throw that ball any higher, this safety will mm. make this play right here, and he was able to fit it right in between the safety and the corner, put it right where it needed to be. Cortland came up with a huge touch, I mean a huge catch. And I think that's just their – their energy. I mean, they just got this relationship now, and it's and it's really paying off for the team. What a great, what a great throw! And I love that you detailed why it wasn't a high throw there, man. Court, it, and that's not even a 50-50 ball. Just court deserves more targets. For sure. And I know that the Broncos just don't have many targets to go around. So you could say that about Marvin Mims. Shout out mm -hmm. Marvin, finally getting a catch yesterday. I'd love to see it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Jerry coming up with some big plays, although. The drop touchdown. Maybe there was some pass interference on it, but Jerry had a good game. I mean, Broncos wide receivers came to play, led by Cortland Sutton. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wonder who you take uh, who you take targets from. Adam Troutman. He had two. Yeah, they he gets, were, they he gets zero. They, they were, were good. Yeah, he picked up 33 yards. <laughs> no, they were. They were good catches. <laughs> Jaleel had five. I don't know. We're gonna have to talk later in the week. <laughs> Uh, this is the, uh, really one of the game-winning game, game winning plays in, in my eyes. Um, as a defender, I love when, you know, the defense is able to come up and make big plays. And this is the J-Mac interception. It's mm. fourth quarter, 12.37 mm. on the clock. It ends up resulting in three points to the offense. And you know we only won the game by one. So those three points were definitely necessary. And this is all to highlight my man, Josie Jewell. He's coming on the blitz. Um, they're they're going to have lineman on lineman, which is called big on big. The center is going to go right opposite of uh, the running back, which is usually how protections work. And then this running back has, you know, the first blitzer out of these guys right here. So everybody's going to have a man, and the running back's going to step up and take Josie Jewell. And this is just Josie being great, and he just beats the beats the running back one on one. It's a it's a blitz, but everybody else is playing tight man in the back end. Everybody else is playing tight man in the back end with Josie coming on the blitz. And he just beats this guy one-on-one -on -one and is able to get his hand on Josh Dobbs' arm as he throws the ball. And J-Mac, in tight man coverage, where he's supposed to be, finds a way to make this play, man. And this is a huge play for the Denver Broncos team and defense. This sets up the score. Uh, for I think we do go back one negative yard this series. <laughs> but nevertheless, we got three points, and that's all that matters. I mean, huge play. The Broncos' pass rush was not there. Yep outside of a few key plays when they need it. That, DJ Jones mm -hmm. to set up the intentional grounding yep. on the second to last play of the game. He was a beast getting back there. So guys that we're not typically talking about, and you mentioned Jonathan Cooper earlier, but uh, Josie Jewell coming in, DJ Jones, those guys made some big plays. Making huge plays. All right, and this is the game-winning play. This is going to be the touchdown to Cortland. Uh, the thing I love about this is, the offensive line and Samaja in the backfield, they do their job and they step up. They're going to bring six six rushers on this play. So literally there's there's six, there's five alignment and you have one running back. Um, so it's, it's, it's a body on the body and they do a great job holding up. The, the back end is in man and they give Rush just enough time to be able to find space in the pocket, step up just a little bit. Uh, hard to even see where Russ is, he's is. In somewhere. <laughs> oh, I think he's right here uh finds a way to step up wow. with just enough time I mean Neil Hunter is like literally steps away from from sacking him and he just throws this ball I don't know why they have Metellus on Cortland that's a dumb decision right there <laughs> but, uh, shout out to Metellus that's my guy but <laughs> but, uh, but Cortland um you know he's a magician man if the ball's in the end yeah. zone and it, uh, this this Corner right here where that B and that R meet, that's that's Cortland's uh, sweet spot. So he goes up. He finds a way to get this ball. The the corner tries to come off late and give help. It doesn't matter. Cortland Sutton is in a league of his own right now, playing out of this world, goes up and gets the ball. Huge play for the Denver Broncos offense. Man, and the first lead of the game for the Broncos with 63 <laughs> seconds yeah. left. Talk well, about being clutch. Yeah. Technically. Oh, you're, you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Yeah, and then it, it was 7-3. Yeah, it was <laughs> quick, it was man. Quick. That's a good point. Yep. And, I mean, just th that was contested, yep. and it just felt like Cortland, it was always going to be his ball. Yep. No matter what. He makes plays, man. That's my guy. Did you see uh, Cortland throw the ball back? Um just toss it back and hit J-Mac right in the face. Oh. <laughs> Did you see his reaction after it? No, I didn't oh, see it. Oh, it's great. I'm going to have to uh, send this to you here. And if uh, the NFL is kind enough to let us play this on YouTube, we'll Ooh. show everyone. Um, 
But in the meantime, I got to tell you about our friends over at MSU Denver, where MSU Denver, you can continue your education. Go Roadrunners and over at MSU Denver, turn your goals into greatness. Courses available online, in person, or you can do a hybrid, which it's so key to have those options uh, for depending on what your life is looking like. They have uh, over 90 plus majors. You can even create your own. Find your future over at MSU Denver, whether you want a degree in business or hospitality, aviation, or the arts. They have education, healthcare, so many different ones. And spring 2024 applications are open right now. So if you want to get started in January, go check them out over at MSU Denver, where you get to turn your dreams into reality. 90 plus majors and 10 graduate programs with courses online, in person, or both. Check them out msudenver.edu that's msudenver.edu and if you're in the market for some new sunglasses check out our friends over at Shady Rays you know the winter is coming it's a little bit cloudy outside but sunglasses aren't just for the sun it's also you also want to look good and the great thing about Shady Rays is they keep you looking good you have a world class product um, and they have a really great insane protection of all eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements, meaning if you lose or break your pair, even on the day you buy them, they'll send you a new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence. And right now, if you use the code DMVR, you get 50% off two or more polarizing shades. So go check out our friends at Shady Rays and get your get your sunglasses, man. Look good, feel good, play good. What more do I have to do to get our producer's attention? I have attention? no idea. I mean, I'm pretty much you jumping up and could. down over here. I think he's, uh, what, are you, what are you doing, you hear? I'm timestamping the ad reads because oh. that's part of my job. Oh, <laughs> not paying He's attention. Working. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. What I'm asking him to do? Uh, I'm working because this is how we get paid. Um, yeah, here, uh, did... Uh, I need to check real quick. Okay, so he'll chat. I just want to show you what Marvin is because it, it's, it's a great little... Uh, Marvin played full in to this. Um, and as you hear, checks that out. Let's talk to the people. Let's jump into the comment section. I know we've got some super chats to hit first. We got a couple of them. First one coming in from our friend Miguel says, still laughing at that Jerry Judy pump fake. Uh, Oh, my God. I was starting to worry we weren't going to get to talk about this today. Yes, that is the play of the season in my mind. (laughs) That was incredible. I have I, I don't know how Jerry thought to do that. Like, that's crazy to me to even, ha- like, have that idea. But it worked. Yeah. And the even crazier part is that the linebacker just jumped for yeah. no reason. Yeah. yeah. And then Jerry just kept laughing at him. He literally stood up he and, like, pointed <laughs> and laughed at him. And, and then he went to the sideline and was still <laughs> laughing uh, about it. It was incredible. And the thing is, you see Patrick Mahomes do this all the time where yeah. he's, like, five yards past the line of scrimmage and, and puff fakes. But it's a quarterback, uh-huh. so it's a little more believable. I think mm-hmm. I still think defenders need to have just that spatial recognition of where he is. Yeah. But that was a forward pass to Jerry Judy. Yeah. And then he ran forward uh-huh. and then did the pump fake. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. That was my dog Metellus. It just wasn't, was his. So it wasn't, it wasn't his day. It was uh, uh, it's a tough, 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 tough go at it. You did know? you play with him in Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I in Minnesota. Good guy. Jerry was having like it's been a couple weeks now. Jerry's just been in a great mood. Yeah. Like I ever honestly, ever since the trade deadline, yeah. he's just been like so happy. Before that, you could tell things were weighing on him. Stress. Yeah. It's yeah. stressful, man. You feel like your job's on the line, but you're doing everything you oh. can and you're relying on somebody else to get you the ball. And our formula for winning right now is not throwing the ball. Like yeah. it's a tough situation to be that in. It is tough. Last <laughs> night though, I mean, so he was like just laughing the entire time, that whole interview, talking about the pump fake, the t- all that stuff. And at one point, you just said, Oh my God, it feels so good to win. That's the best feeling. There's nothing above winning. This feels so good. You can feel the energy. I don't talk like this in interviews. It's just because we went back to back like that. Like, that's how those guys are feeling right yeah. now. This and is the longest win streak for the Broncos since 2016. For most of them, this is the longest win streak they've had in Denver. Todd, you were on the team when you started 4 0. Yep. Coming off the Super Bowl. Yeah. Last time they had a four game win streak. Um, and uh, that this is so huge to see from Jerry Judy because if there's one position on the field that despite winning, you might see mm-hmm. someone pop up and uh-huh. not Stephon be Diggs. happy. Or, yes, yeah, Stephon Diggs, <laughs> something like that. It's the wide receiver position, and a lot of people have wondered if Jerry Judy would be that type of guy, and we're seeing the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy did get targets, did get catches, um, ha- had a very solid game 
but it's not like he went for 100 yards or anything, and mm-hmm. he is bought into this. And I think you're right that the trade deadline being past him and knowing he has a place on this team for the rest of the season and the, the team's all in on him right now is big for him. Yeah, he's feeling good finally. And I think you see, even in the interview, he's talking a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had on his his Palm Angel shades. He had his chain on. Like, yeah. he's feeling good. He's in his he's in his bag right now. Those guys are like, like I wouldn't even think. But like Pat was doing the same thing. They're stunting yeah. right now. I know. They are feeling I know. all the vibes. I know. It's like okay, one second uh, before we start the interview, gotta like turn around, grab my sunglasses. Gotcha. Like, oh my yeah. god, it's it's pretty cool. So what you are the sunglasses? Because right. because uh, Pat was wearing the same ones, small major mm-hmm. shades. No, Palm Angels were what Jerry was wearing. I oh, don't know. What. Maybe it was different. I think they were different. I think Pat they were different. Said I don't know. S something or something else. I'll have to ask him. Maybe yeah. tomorrow. Maybe oh, tomorrow. We'll PS Tuesday, Pat maybe. About that. Maybe a little PS Tuesday. Greg says, um, <sighs> that's Henry Chisholm's guy. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a reference to last night. Nate Atkins uh, had the hold. Todd just has to throw that out in the universe on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not taking any Nate Atkins slander. Oh, that guy. Man. Um, ima- imagine, imagine where we were six that was months Marvin, ago. Wasn't that Marvin Mills' big play? Too? Yeah, yeah, it was. was. Yeah. It was. I think that's more Marvin Mills. I think that's two holds. Yep, I think that's two holds this season for Atkins. But I mean, the fact they even made the team. Oh incredible. no, no, no! From we're there, the fact that he's that. played so well this season. I mean, there's the two holdings, but he, I, I still don't think he's missed a block outside of the two holdings. I'm. I'm not I'm not listening to anybody say anything bad about me. <laughs> uh, and then another one from our guy Greg says, Gotta give Henry credit for McLaughlin and Macmillan, though. LOL. One of the things that I love seeing about mm-hmm. this offense is it's not like they're relying on uh, McLaughlin to have one or two massive plays a game anymore. Yep. And I still think he's going to be fine. He's going to have a breakout um, a play or two in the next few weeks as well. But... He's been limited more than he has ever these past two games, and the mm-hmm. Broncos' offense has still been able to, to do enough. They just keep throwing these little flares, all those little flare routes to the wide receivers and the running backs. I don't mm-hmm. love them. I mean, he gets the ball in his hands, and he did go for like 10, 11 yards one time, but I think we got some more creative ways to get it's Getting predictable. And yeah. as, as Samaje said after the game, uh, he, he kind of laughed when he said, like, yeah, we got – we got to teach that kid how to cut blocks still. Mm-hmm. He's still figuring that part out. Because that is the thing is like you can't have him staying in pass protection. Like there was the one time they did it and it didn't work. And after the game, Sean said, yep, that's on me. I shouldn't be putting him in that situation. And so until you have the ability for him to pass protect, you kind of just have to run him out of the backfield like that. And Russ has taken that option. Every single, every single time, time yeah. which is a problem that Russ is having. So it's just a tough know. spot where like, he's not really a good third down, like shotgun back. You kind of need to be under center and have him running the ball at this point. Or you just have him run different routes, like out of the backfield. Yeah, okay. Like Christian McCaffrey runs almost every route you can run. You can run uh, a go out the backfield. You can run like a seven yeah. route, which is like, you know, you go up and you cut to the pylon. You can run hitches. You can run. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you have him matched up on linebackers. You can run any route you run out the backfield. So I think that you can true. just get creative. That and is true. One of the things is you mentioned predictable. When he's on the field, He's getting the ball, yeah. and defenses are starting to see that. You saw the Bills kind of realize it last week, and they were able to shut him down. The Vikings realized it this week. He played eight snaps yesterday. You know how many times he touched the ball on those eight snaps? Seven. Six. Mm, I mean, yeah. just right there. That's too predictable. Yeah. At some point, they're going to have to put him on the field, and he's going to have to be a decoy. But you know what? Maybe Sean's setting up for that. Yeah. Maybe he does run kind of out, and that makes a corner bite. And then Marvin Mims runs right past him. Yeah. Yep. Or Cortland Sutton. Also, I don't think we spent enough time on the super chat saying, gotta give Henry credit for McLaughlin and McMillan, though. I know we read it. We read it. I just, yeah. I just, yeah. I just yeah. want we that to repeat. It. That's yeah. right. Because I warned you about those Was guys. I told you. I told you that. I told you, Nate Atkins. I told you, Quinn Miners. I told you, Quinn Miners, the best lineman on this team. You also chose the Vikings, by the way. Yeah. Don't forget that. I picked Justin Jefferson. I'm calling it a tie. Only one that picked the Vikings from this game. Yeah. Wow. Justin Jefferson. You're below 500. Only hater. I can't believe Adam Rank. Adam Rank believes in the Broncos more than you do. Also, that pisses me off. The the fact that the the Broncos Twitter account is like tweeting at Adam Rank like love that have we, have we forgotten the last 15 years of what Adam Rank has said about the Broncos like the years where he's picking them to win like two games yeah. three games like just because he has them on this winning streak does not mean all he's is forgiven all and uh, I do not support the Broncos 
Uh, well, I think people are going to use that exact same argument right against wrong. you, Henry. You know, they're not going to be able to forgive you for this. For warning them that Quinn Miners are the best lineman on the team. I guess I just warning do have to Jay point Jay out. Jay the Vikings. <laughs> you pick the Vikings. Oh, not for saying that Jaquan McMillan's a dog. No. That he's one of the best DB. No, okay. Not I that feel like stuff. that was RK, wasn't it? No, I mean. I remember RK saying it, too. Well, RK credit to RK because he, you got it. But when all the, when we had all the undrafted free agents come out, um, everybody's kind of picked like who their guy was. Ryan liked his name. <laughs> and said like yeah this is my guy now because i like his name and so that's why ryan was on the train and then i think he, he liked jaquan mcmillian yeah i yeah. think that's probably yeah, what yeah, he said yeah, exactly. and then by the end of the season when he actually played that last game i think ryan was like oh wait is that that guy who i said <laughs> yeah so that's that's ryan's there nick peterson to ryan, says, he said the name todd as a player what do you think contributes to us being bad to start the two, the second half. Big dub regardless. Also, Hank needs to be this negative to Kansas City. Exactly. LOL. <laughs> okay. Um, truthfully, I just feel like, you know, we have a script to start the game and we don't have one mm -hmm. in the second half. And I think guys have to adjust on the fly. I think it's easier said than done. So I think those guys have to learn how to come out and start fast again. And that can be done in practice. Uh, you know, Sean sometimes will take a break in practice and then have like a super important period. Maybe like you go from... Mm. Uh, your break right to red zone where we need you guys to score. We need you guys to put together plays. So hopefully over time they can learn how to kind of adjust on the fly and make things happen. Yeah. Um, also, Josh Dobbs is basically Patrick Mahomes. So if you guys want some chief slander, maybe you take that that way. But that's what I saw last night is Josh Dobbs just wiggling away from everybody. That guy's Patrick Mahomes. So there's your chief slander for the Super Chat. And man, tonight... It's a big game for the Broncos. Crazy enough, this one matters in the standings. If the Eagles beat the Chiefs, the Broncos are only two games back mm -hmm. of the Chiefs, and they're one and one in head-to-head -head games with them. Seven games left. I don't think it's crazy to scoreboard watch that game. Hopefully the Eagles can pull it off against the Chiefs tonight. What an awesome game. What a great way to potentially have two primetime games that are massive for the Broncos with last night. Tonight, everyone's an Eagles fan, right, Henry? Yeah, of course. I'm Good actually going to make a lot of money on that one. Oh, I'm good. surprised they're plus money. I agree. That's, it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, um, Yeah. here, are we allowed to play that video? Okay, so wow. before, we'll, we'll, we'll end the show with that video, but I just want to give a shout-out to people who left comments on the website. The OG MVP, Litvatsky chiming in, KW7, Nash Bronco, Zen Bronco, who says Jerry Judy's pump fake was the play of the mm -hmm. game. We play love you year. guys. Leave your comment on tomorrow's pod or maybe on uh, for Wednesday's show. We want to get to those. We got to go talk to the Broncos right now. But first, let's end the show with showing you uh, Cortland Sutton right after scoring the touchdown to go up 21 to 20 at the end of the game. Here's he tosses the ball behind him and uh, uh, Marvin Mims is right there and has a great reaction. <laughs> so it hits him right in the helmet and then he lays <laughs> <out> the <ball. laughs> Incredible moment. I love it. And uh, Broncos country was lit. We're mm -hmm. lit. Enjoy tonight's game. Go birds. We'll be back tomorrow. Maybe a PS Tuesday. So stay tuned. 11 a.m. noon on DNVR Sports YouTube. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. Enjoy Dub Day in Denver.
I'll take you back one last time.